When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owl are. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing a murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff. Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Boom! Welcome to the Wolf and Out Podcast Inside the Right Yo, his name Rami Ranganathan Yo, whoa, boy What's going on? Can you believe that we we are immortalised on someone's leg, bro? I know. How mad is that? Yeah. Do we know the name of that? We don't... Actually, I need to shout out Marcus. I don't know. No, no. I know the person who designed a tattoo. Shout out Marcus. Long time listener to the podcast. Legend of a man. Should watch. You should all go and watch Taste Cadets. He does it with my guy Deeper um, and Kieran. But mate, Marcus is like. But I, I look through his other stuff. He does some shit. Some of his. I'm thinking about getting a mark. Maybe we should get. Yeah, he does sh- good tattoos as well, doesn't he? Mate, they're banging. They're so. Have you seen the Ian Wright one? No. Oh mate, Ian Martin's sick. I'm I'm serious. I've not been really thinking about getting a tat, and then I just saw Marcus's, and it's really given. You know, like when you. you know what we should do. We should get a tattoo of each other. Oh. <laughs> you know what happens if people do that in if they get married and get tattoos of each other? Yeah, they split up. Yeah, but what a nice memory of a, a podcast that we we once where, where would you? If I was going to get a tattoo of you, I'd probably have it on my hip. Yeah, I think I'd have it on my right ass cheek. Oh, I. <laughs> like, what are you, could could I could you get me on your right outfit, but like I'm peering out from your ass crack? Well, that's a great idea. Just like, have you put your pebble in? Little speech bubble. <laughs> Don't forget a pebble. <laughs> <laughs> I actually consider doing that, mate. I would, I would see if you, if we were going to do it, we, we should do it. Have you had have, how many tattoos have you got? I've only got one. I've, I, I, do you know what? Before COVID. I had a whole shoulder piece and like down sort of like arm piece designed that mm. Catherine had sorted like and uh and COVID hit and I just didn't get done. And if I'm honest with you, I've been like I've I've always thought I wouldn't mind getting like something and then it's only really looking at because I quite like that the sort of the outlines. I quite like that. It's sort of the, the silhouette silhouetting. Yeah, they look yeah. good, man. I it, it it's just I don't know how painful the ass would because I got I've got a few. I got Richard Pryor on my forearm, and that was like a six-hour job. And I happily sat there and read a book while while she did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I then got <laughs> I then got the Autobot logo on my calf, and that was really painful. So I, I don't know. I got the, that one on the wrist. That would have hurt. Is, that hurt, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I yeah, there's a few places that I, I think, and there's a now looking at that, I was like. Yeah, so shout out Marcus. Yeah, shout out Marcus. Like, he's, uh, I think his, his handle is Marcus. We need to Hurt. name the guy who got the tattoo. He's had his, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Had Marcus, us on his touch. body. Yeah, can you let us know who that Reach is? Out. And actually, because Mar- Marcus is coming on the 7th to the London show. Okay, so he can um, do the tattoo then. That can be the show. We don't have oh, to do any wow. content. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! My God, you just saved us ever having to think. We just get the t- Marcus to come, do a little tat each. Yeah. Before the show. Yeah, we can unveil them on stage. Just talk about that for the hour. And then we're done. Peace! Oh, did you say you had it on your thigh and it hurt? No, on my calf. On the back of my calf. See, calf ones are sick. I like a leg tat. 
Yeah. I was looking at a leg tat guy on the thing. Yeah, that's the kind of guy I want to be friends with. Yeah, okay. Well, should we get tats done? For Marcus, can you let us know if you're able to do tats? On yeah, that? I'll reach out to you, Marcus. Shout out, Marcus. Yeah. Um, and shout out Taste Cadets. Yeah, shout out Taste Cadets. Now, uh, Tom, tell me. Sheesh. You Man. have had quite the adventure, my guy. Mate, I've been in I, my favourite movie of all time. One of them, anyways, Transplants and Automobiles. Me and you have talked for nearly 10 years about how me and you remake that movie. We've we, we become obsessed about it. I'd say obsessed, obsessed to the point to, yeah. of not writing a single line of dialogue, but. Also obsessed to the point of me and you that we have a few beers and chat about stuff, or one of us gets drunk and we text each other. Usually around this time of year when one yeah, of us is About this shit. time of year, you and I will have about, what, six or seven film ideas <laughs> that never go anywhere? Because we because we're not doing anything else, we break for Christmas and we both go. Oh shit! Yeah, we, we should, should do more. Do we should do more stuff together. Should we talk about it now and then our diaries fill up and we're never able to do it? Should we do that again? Should we do that? <laughs> yeah, should, should we mention it to Flo? Should we say to Flo and then Flo can try and work it in alongside all the other shit that we do? Um, <laughs> also, it's hard enough just to get an hour aside just to do this. But uh, yeah, so literally, I'm coming back Sunday. I'm like. Like flying back mm. to England, right? Buzzing to be getting home, being away for yeah eight weeks. What a horrible like, eight weeks it's been for us in the UK, by the way, in your absence. <laughs> mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think now people realise how much yeah. they need me. Um, and away from Catherine and Grace for ten days, dying to see them. I get get on the flight, the BA flight, and. It sort of dawns. I I didn't realize. I sort of knew that there was a bit of snow over it. I didn't realize quite. Just as I was getting a plane, it was it was almost like as I got on the plane, the, the snow got worse and worse and worse. So there was this whole thing there of like, um, well, actually, we're just gonna, we've just been pushed back a bit. We've just been. So my flight was meant to take off at like five p.m. and at eleven o'clock that night, uh, we were still sitting on the runway. So hold on, did you get on the plane on time? Yeah, yeah I got on the plane on time. Right, and then we just all sat there. So I got on a plane. It must have been half four I got on a plane. Yeah. And we just sat there with this poor captain. Shout out to the captain, actually, because he was a G. And all the crew. They were a really nice crew at BA. Um, that, and that's as well as uh, nice as I want to speak of BA, because actually the people behind the scenes are a travesty. But So we sat there. Uh, and then, you know that bit in Planes, Trains and Automobiles where John Candy turns to Steve yeah. Martin? And I think he says something about, like, you know, I'll almost like my right my, my right nut, we're not getting yeah. home tonight yeah. type thing. Yeah. This this plane isn't landing in Chicago. I had that moment. There's this um, lovely man who's sitting next to me, Vincent. Um and then there's just almost it sort of dawns on everyone that we're not we're not gonna get home. We're not gonna get because he was sort of the, the pilot to be fair, up until about quarter to eleven, he was pretty hopeful that we'd make it. Um and then it just it snowballed into an absolute shit show. So what was the problem exactly? They couldn't land in Gatwick because of the snow. Gatwick, Gatwick man. Gatwick, Gatwick is... Uh, listen, I live very near Gatwick, as you know. But I would say it seems to have a disproportionate number of issues for the size of it. Yeah. it's And also, they couldn't land anywhere after that. So, And then the crew obviously had to go into turnaround. Were you planning on popping around, by the way? Bearing in mind that I live like 10 minutes from there. Well, I hadn't been invited. You knew I was... I, was I didn't know you were landing at Gatwick, actually. So I was going to try and turn that on to you, but I couldn't. No, um, no. To be fair, it'd be lovely to come and stay at your stay at your last You're night. more um, than welcome whenever you want. It's an open invitation to you, as you know. That beautiful, beautiful big crib. Um, <laughs> get some of that fucking. I could have chilled in your spa for a bit. Uh, um, so basically, we're then just left for like an hour in the airport, just like what's going on, where they try and sort out hotel rooms mm. and transport to this hotel. Mm. And I was standing with uh, a guy uh, who was just chatting to me about football and Man United. And this person was going around asking how many like rooms you needed. And I was saying to this guy, so basically they said, oh, how many rooms do you need? I said, one, right? And then they moved on. I didn't really think anything of it. I then got a cab to this hotel that they were putting everyone in. And they tried to force me to share a room with this guy that I'd never met before. Like British Airways were like, oh, you two, or the guys at the hotel was like, oh, yeah, you have a room to share? I was like, I'm not sharing. Like, yeah, like it was all because he was like kind of up for it. Yeah. But I was like, well, no, I'm not fucking sharing a room with someone I've never met in my life. Yeah. And they were like, there's only so many rooms here. I was like, well, I'll just check into another hotel. And they were like, oh, yeah, but then you might miss the pickup date tomorrow. It's genuinely, for, honestly, Ron, for about 20 minutes. It, is this, is this legit? Yeah, mate, I swear. It looked like I was going to have to share a room with this guy that I'd never met in my life before. Who, it seemed... I mean, uh, let's, let, in fairness to him, I can't imagine he was delighted with the result. Uh, 
he seemed more happy about it than I probably was. Oh god, and that and that to me is a red flag, right there. Yeah, and also, may I say, like, I was, I was all, like, all was going through my head. By the way, it was Catherine and Grace were meant to be flying back with me on that day, and mm. they flew back early because uh, mm. basically they wanted. Well to... done, well done, by the way, for the person of the podcast who pretending you were thinking about anyone else, but yourself. No, no, That's good, isn't <laughs> no, it? no. But like, all I could think of was imagine being in this situation with a one-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, yeah. being apps and, and Catherine. So I just thought, look, I've, I've, I'm, I'm all right here. The hotel room was absolutely mm. like a holiday inn would have felt like luxury compared to this place. Mm. It looked like they said, "Oh, there's some food there that we've done for you." It looked like they'd gone through the bins and pulled food out of it. It was disgusting. <laughs> As you know, I'm the kind of guy I like a little egg station. I like a, I've got used to the. Yeah, you like a meat station, like an egg station, yeah, like a, a fish, crepe station. Yeah, station. Yeah. Like, you, you're only you're you're almost exclusively station, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm now. a station kind of guy, but um, yeah. It honestly, bro, I was just like, this is insane, like. And, and there was just no communication from BA after that. You kind of had to guess when our flight was would be. I then got to the airport yesterday, mm. and they started talking about potentially having to fly to Paris or Amsterdam. I said, but what, would, what do we do when we get to Paris or Amsterdam? And I said, well, we'll have to work it out from there. I was like, that's not really a plan, is it? It's a ridiculous plan to drop, drop fucking 120 people <laughs> in fucking another country than the one they're in. Also... At this point, it, I, it feels like it feels like it feels like a a refugee plan organised by the government. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, just get, just keep moving them as near as you possibly can, then move them further away. It felt like it was like, oh, this is uh, one of you know those recreation cinema things. People pay fortune like an escape room yeah. of trains, planes, and automobiles. It felt like you people spend like fucking five grand to go. Oh yeah, make me feel like yeah. Steve Martin. I was like, this is and then insane. what you do is he's going to put his hand between your ass cheeks and you're going to say, those aren't pillows. When, genuinely, when they said to me, you're going to have to share with this guy, who, by the way, in, in the train plane to automobile scenario, I've always thought I'd be John Candy. Yeah. With this guy, without a doubt, I've become Steve Martin. Really? That's mate, interesting. Mate, he... So you were, the, you, were the, you were the owl in this scenario. You became owlish. Yeah, yeah. This guy outwolfed me. He outwolfed me. He, in his face, I could see... Because also, I was in the scenario. I'm sitting there on the on the plane, uh, and I think, well, I'm, I'm, there's nothing I can do. But my 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 thing with it, there's no no point getting angry. I can't shout anyone. I've got you count your blessings. I'm just here on me. I, I just have to just relax and see what happens, right? So I start playing yeah. championship manager. He's on the seat behind me, and he starts asking questions about my team. I'm playing, yeah, um, RP Lebzik. Um, and uh, he starts asking questions. So he starts a conversation with a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. that you've you've basically said is one of your golden rules. No, no, I've started conversation. No, no, I chatted to him before, but he gets very okay, interested fine. to the point where he comes and kneels. I'm in the in the front row. He comes and kneels next to me, asking like asking what tactics I'm playing and stuff. He was a real like he loved his football, right? Right. He spent a long time. I mean, look, he he was devastated about England going out. Yeah. Which as were my, as were the, my kids, by the way, absolutely devastated. I had to give him like a pep talk. I had to be, I was like Gareth Southgate in the bedrooms. Really? Just like, yeah, having to like, they were just absolutely gutted, man. It was horrific. Well, yeah, I suppose. They were just so sad. That's what I was like in 1990. This time, yeah. I watched I watched the game in the worst surroundings I've ever watched any game. Go on. I watched the game, right, in a, I thought it'd be really nice. So it was our last night in Gran Canaria. We went out, a few of us, shout out my guys, Tommy, Shell Drake was there, Jace DeFront. Um, uh, so quite a few of us went to watch this, watch the game, and I've seen this hotel I walked past a few times. It was quite nice, and mm. it had this big screen mm. out in the back guard, like in the back back of it, and it was just full of German, French, and Scandinavian people. Oh no, that's all, your worst. That's like your worst trip. Well, they were all cheering for France. They were, and, yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, because they're not all French. There was like literally all of them, who, by the way, were all communicating in English amongst themselves. Um, well, like when France scored the the first goal, that people men men of like in the sixties were taking their tops off and running around the fountain. They were so Legit, happy. That's football. That's football, mate. But it's, no, it's football. If they were French, they were German celebrating this. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, they probably listened to the fucking podcast from two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> they, I was just like, wow, this. Is, and but apart from that, it was actually quite a quiet place to watch the football. It was a bit like watching the football in the opera. Yeah. Uh, obviously, people in the opera. I've not been to the opera for a long time. I'm, I'm, I don't think people take their tops off when they're at the opera. Um, no. People on stage might. I've not like to say. So anyway, 
I digress. Back to the situation at, at hand. So then I'm on the plane yesterday morning mm. and they're talking about potentially dropping us in Paris or Amsterdam. I actually make that sound like we're going to be parachuted in. <laughs> um, uh, and then... I'd love to see you in one of those squirrel suits. <laughs> Squ- the ones that you <laughs> sort of drifted into Paris. <laughs> Getting stuck on the Arsenal Tower. <laughs> Um, it's a fucking huge squirrel that like <laughs> snagged at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Absolutely enormous. Just br- someone bringing. I, I think they're doing a low budget King Kong remake. Someone just bringing me nuts. <laughs> um, and then uh, so only the, they get a landing time at Gatwick, right? Yeah. And basically, some people because it was, the, the plane wasn't uh, put up on the boards as being a plane, so it was obviously being rescheduled. There's some people who got into the airport but then didn't make it onto the plane. Mm. So the captain was like, oh, yeah, some people haven't made it onto the plane. We're going to have to take their their luggage off, right? So they took a load of luggage off. Yeah. At this point, I kind of already knew that my luggage had been taken off with it. I don't know. I had an inkling. And when I arrived at Gatwick last night at fucking whatever it was, midnight, Yeah. and stood at the carousel for a fucking hour, like, like it very much felt like all of my fucking 20s late teens and twenties being in a nightclub waiting for someone to make a conversation with me with romantic interest. Mm. I literally watched this carousel with nothing on going round until one of the baggage handle- handlers whistled across the room and I walked there and he went, uh, I've been watching you uh, for ages over there. Uh, you know, um, and I was like, oh right, yeah. And he went, uh, I could have told you about half an hour ago, your luggage isn't coming. I said, why didn't you tell me half an hour ago? He said, well, you know, just couldn't, couldn't be bothered. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my luggage is lost now. They took my. Is, like, it, is it lost? Lost? Like, what's the chance you no, get? No, they back? took it off the the plane for some. I mean, the guy at the luggage. Have you ever had lost luggage before? Yeah, a few times. It's yeah. like people are ticket inspectors and and you know whatever and luggage people. Are di- you know, when people are just so. He had no people skills. This guy. Mm. I had like because it's Grace's birthday, so I got some presents for Grace. I had some bits and bobs there to bring back, and he just had no empathy. I mean, I get it because he probably has to deal with people. And I was quite chilled by it, but he was just like, yeah, no, okay. The, the, the thing is, I, I, I think, this is what I think. I think they get hardened by the fact that they deal with enraged people all the time. Yeah, but you I was I mean? trying like, to make conversation with him. I said, are you doing much for Christmas? I was trying to have a little chat with him, but he just gave me nothing back. Mm. And he, weirdly, mm. as you know what the really weird thing was? He actually looked like Santa Claus. Yeah, there's a lot of kids upset in that airport. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. I always think when somebody's like that, I like to try and give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they've been battered down by the day. Like I, I, I did, I did a travel show to in Ethiopia a few years ago, and the production company booked the <laughs> they booked the flight via Istanbul, even though there's a direct ten hour flight. But we went via Istanbul, right? So me and the exec producer get on the plane to Istanbul. That flight gets delayed, and we miss the connection to Ethiopia. Right, so now we're just in Istanbul due to shoot, start filming the next day. So we go to, I go to the Turkish Airlines counter and I go, hello, we're supposed to be getting a connection to Ethiopia uh, from here via your airline. And he says, yeah, you've missed the flight. Like he said it like it was my fault. I said, yeah, it's Turkish Airlines. You're like, you guys, this, you sold this as a package. And now you fucked it. But like, I was really stressed out because I had to film the next day. But he was like, um, t- there's no amount of like, there's nothing I could have done. I could have set myself on fire and that geezer wouldn't have raised his kind of level of reaction to me. At- Do you know what I mean? It was just completely, he was completely unreactive. You know, the thing, right, was that I felt like, because the guy, the, um, the, the, the baggage claim thing and trying to talk my baggage out was so like that, right? And that, but the crew on the BA flight were lovely. They were incredible. The thing I can, like, I, and I found, I sort of, I found very amusing 
was sort of very middle-aged people who are quite sort of clearly quite sort of have quite good jobs and stuff. So, you know, when people lose their shit, but they haven't got that aggressive. They haven't got the vocabulary or that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, they want to swear. They'll sort of come down and, and sort of, they'll go, um, what's going on? What is going, what's going on with this flight? What's going on? And then they're like, you know, oh, we're trying to get a, an opening so we can fly into Gatwick. And they'll go, oh, like they want to get the F word out. And they just really, I'm going to always say it because we say it all the time, but you know, and then it's just like when the captain, you know, and he was trying so hard on that first night to get us home, you could see he wanted to, and he wanted to get home. And when he would like, he'd come on and go, um, Oh, this is your captain speaking. Um, bad news, I'm afraid. Um, we've been given a 9.30 slot. Um, but if we don't get back by 9.30 to 10 o'clock, it's going to be likely we won't make it home tonight. Uh, I'm so, so sorry. I know you want to get back to your family. And he said, did this really? And, but then you hear people in the background going, oh, 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 one guy, right? He'd had quite a lot to drink. And he, came down to the front of the, um, it was, it, this is an insane thing to see, right? It was quite a sort of like normal, quite respectable guy, guessing he's got quite a good job. He came down to this stewardess and he said, um, what, what's going on with this flight? What's going on? What is going on? And she said, oh, as the captain said, we can't leave. We can't leave. And he just went, ah! And he just walked off. He did this weird scream. <laughs> It is mad. It is mad. It's, but when you see like how different human beings did, and also may I say, right, there was a woman, the woman who did the, the announcements, you know, and like you have someone who she was in charge. She does all the stuff on the microphone. Basically. She's like the MC of the fucking plane. She had the most boring voice I've ever heard. It was genuinely the most soothing. No, not soothing. Just boring. Mm. Like she'd read the same thing twenty thousand times. Well, she probably has done. Like, a bit like your thing. Yeah, but but like there was no. She was the one on the plane who had no emotion. Mm. Yeah, she had nothing. Everyone else was struggling a bit. I mean, do you know what? When I left the plane, I gave like the you know one of those sort of like hit, you know little handshakes Why'd to the you captain do that? and gave him a little hug. Why? Because I was just happy to get home. He was standing there. I just said, "Yo, mate, thank you so much." And he went, no worries, no worries. I went, no, 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 no. no. Full skin on skin contact in the age of COVID. Well done. <laughs> he can't do anything about it. It's a customer who's been delayed overnight. He's having an emotional moment. I've got to do this. They also separated, by the way, people into two different hotels. One hotel was on a beach that looked delightful, and the other one was a shitty one I went to. It was like, it was. A, Really, like, interesting how they fucking did that. They came to that notion. Like, the, when I got sent there, I was thinking, hopefully I've got the, the nice, you know, it's a nice hotel. And when I, when I, like, literally sitting on the plane yesterday, people turning around saying, oh, God, a hotel is beautiful. The breakfast was lovely. I looked at the breakfast yesterday, and I just wanted to cry for every breakfast that's ever been cooked. Mm. I wanted to cry for the for the chickens that had laid the eggs. What, what, what was the breakfast? It was, I'll tell you what, it was a fucking travesty, mate. Is that like a frittata? <laughs> no, they had a frittata that looked like it had been kicked around the floor, oh. like cereal and Tupperware. Oh no! I, I'm used. I like to see cereal treated nice. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's you had cereal, you had cereal and frittatas. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you have? And the, sorry, we, we, we're now describing a breakfast that made you so sad you could cry. So there's frittata. There was a selection of cereals. Yeah. So what else it, did they have in this absolute fucking war torn nightmare? The meats were terrible. Selection of meats. They were like, yeah, go on. That were just shit. Like really bad. I mean, you wouldn't know about me. No veg at all. You wouldn't have been able to eat. Mm. You'd have. You wouldn't. I'd have had a top of a box full of cereal. I think probably just dry because <laughs> they'll have had no almond milk. Oh, they didn't have any of that. Sort of milk, just mate. eating it dry like a cat. Yeah, having kibble. <laughs> I mean, I'd say in general, right? Unless it's Iberian ham, uh, the Spanish struggle with their bacon and sausages. The Spanish. That, that is an. In, that is a fucking hell, mate. Mate, what mate. a shout that is! By the chorizo, way, the chorizo Spanish struggle with their sausages and meats. Is that what? And the, mate, if you want a good breakfast sausage and a good bit of bacon, twelve Spain, mate. And it's oh, mate, I went matter. to Madrid on an exchange trip. And they had a place called Museo del Jamón, which was just all different types of hams and bacons and sausages and shit. Obviously, a mistake to go as a vegetarian. I had to have the garlic soup. 
Yeah, but, but in, in all fairness, they, right, Matt, No, 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 but no, no, no. You lecturing me about fucking I'm bacon lectur- and I'm sausages? Not you. It's me turning around. That's like me turning around to you and go, oh, "Let me tell you how to do your sums." Wow. Do you wow. know what I mean? It's a mathematician. It, it, I, I didn't know where you were going to go there. <laughs> well done for dodging curry, I would say. <laughs> Mate, I'd arguably say that I, I know as much about curry as you do. Well, that's probably true, actually. And, Maybe and more. By the, I'm saying this now. Tonight, I feast on a curry. I haven't had a curry for eight weeks. I've got a thing that I said on stage last night with regards to curry, right? Yeah. I did a new material gig, Always Be Comedy, shout out James Gill. I've anyway, got to get back not... with Gilly. Can I just shout out Gilly? Love that guy. Okay. So last night, or the night before the gig, I hadn't written any stuff. So I just wrote down like, some ideas I was going to talk about. Some of the ideas are a bit expansive and some of them aren't really. You just sort of go, I don't know why I've written this. One of the things I wrote that actually did charm with the people is um, you should not be allowed to choose how many popadoms you have at the beginning of a meal, right? Now, at the beginning, when you go to an Indian restaurant. Now, what, what I'm saying this is, Whenever you go to an Indian restaurant, you're absolutely starving. Right? Yeah. Absolutely starving, hungry. They go, how many poppadoms would you like? I think they need to take that out of your hands because you're so hungry, you normally go 20, right? Yeah, yeah. They bring over as many poppadoms as you order. You smash through the poppadoms, ask for extra chutney if you're a greedy little fuck like me. They have to bring over a bucket of lime pickle. You smash through that and then they go, what would you like? And you go, oh, mate, I'm fucked. I'm done. I've absolutely I've essentially it. just filled myself up on crisps. Yeah. I think the waiter should go, if you want to enjoy this meal, can I just say probably one per person is is fine. No, no, no. You can't have one pop of them. That's insane. Well, I'm just freestyling a suggestion. No, no, no. I'd say you need two. Two and a half pop of them is the up to Two amount. and a half is two. Two and a half? Yeah. Two and a half pop of them. I think if you've got five, if me, right, me and you are going out on Friday, right, there's a good chance a curry will be at the end of the night, right? Right. If we've got five pop of them, there's a moment that I can't wait for. Is that when we break, we have two each, we're laughing and joking, a couple of cobras are getting sunk, and then there's like one pop on between us, and we break that in half. And it'll be like, you know, when the fucking Magna Carta was signed. It'll be a moment of history. Yeah, and then we won't be able to eat our meals. This is going to happen. I will be, mate. I, like, I can't, genuinely, I can't tell you how I've missed that fucking, like, there's nothing like, right? I, and like, it, I actually want to cry a little bit when I talk about this. Yeah, go on, that fucking me. moment when your curry arrives, you get your takeaway curry, you fucking get it all ready. That moment that you can't even fucking, you're, you're so eager to eat that first poppadom, you, ha- you can't even wait to put it in the chutney. So you take that salty bite and then you know deliciousness is in store. And I, like the, the spices, the tap, the, that, like, I just can't wait, mate. I'm psyched out of fucking my mind. I, like, I can't wait for fucking seven o'clock tonight. Is there any part of you that would do that for lunch? No, 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 no. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want it to be dark, cold. I want them to put the Christmas decorations up. Mm. Like that. this, right? This curry tonight is like, I, I just want the ambience just to be perfect. I'm going to put the did you try getting? A, did you try getting a curry in um, Grand Canaria? I oh, look, Spanish cuisine's amazing. There's stuff that they do incredibly well. Mm. Breakfast, breakfast sausages and breakfast meats, no. Okay. It's, it's just not happening for you. Okay. And... Chinese and Indian food. Like, I'm a, like, curry is my favorite. Like, that's the food. If, if I was on a desert island, I'd be curry. That's the, I'd, I'd have to, that'd be the thing I'd need more than anything. Okay. But what I wouldn't be, what I Sorry, can't apologies, do... by the way, to Cat and Grace. <laughs> anyway, go on. I couldn't, I couldn't besmear the delicacy of that to my palate. And when you've been six, six weeks without a curry, then I found a sort of shout out some people messaged me about a curry house in Grand Canaria. And, um, I went there and it just didn't have that feel. And mm. I thought I can wait another two weeks. I, I had an incredible experience on holiday in Portugal last summer. Right. I found a decent, there was, not I found, somebody recommended to me a decent, a, a decent curry house. I ordered it. It was, mate. Good. It was quality. Can you imagine the fucking, imagine that the joy of discovering that somewhere you go on holiday has got a great curry. Can you imagine what mate. that feels like? That's that's the one thing I, I yeah that in Chinese bit of Thai. You know I've what, Tom? I'm, you're making. I'm going to get a curry tonight, bro. You've got your. I'm, I'm having a curry tonight, and then I'm going to curry on the sixteenth with you. Mm. I can't wait for the sixteenth. <laughs> I can't wait. The, the drug kept the Christmas special, really, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's going to come out on Christmas. It's going to come out on Christmas Day. I don't know. It depends on how JT gets on with the edit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it's good because we're we're preempting it with 
a pretty low key episode now, aren't we? Listen, it's a miss of me not to turn around and say, "How are you, my baby? What's going down? What's happening?" Oh me, uh, oh me. Thanks. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, what are we? Twenty nine minutes in. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah. Anyway, time to do the emails. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right, man. I've been. You got a flexy I've... vibe about you today. There's a coolness to you. I always know when uh, old uh, <laughs> old Chris Kringle is uh, paying his dues. There's an air of Robert Frank and Aiken when Christmas is fucking creeping around the corner. There's a relaxed vibe to you. Your pa- your last day, you're packing down right on the sixteenth. Yeah, it's your last day. Yeah, and there's there's there, I can see it in you, that chilled vibe. It's very nice, bro. Mm. Very nice. I can't even think what I've done. Uh, what have I done? Oh yeah, Friday night party rom came out again. Oh, yeah. where did you go? Uh, I went out in town to watch the Argentina Netherlands game, and yeah. uh, I actually got into a bit of an altercation. Actually. Wow, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Well, oh, wow. we had a few drinks. I don't know yeah. about going out in Crawley anymore. There you go. I've said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like... Yeah, I mean, it's every time you seem to go, you you make an absolute prat out of yourself or you get some sort of, in some sort of altercation. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, two, two, I would say two unacceptable things happened. Yeah. Uh, the first of which, I was in a bar, uh, went to the top. By the way, the Argentina Netherlands game was absolutely incredible. Probably game of the tournament. That was a banger. Mate, I watched it with some Argentinians from our crew. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. That Netherlands freak. Anyway, this is not a football podcast, yeah, but was, that Netherlands yeah. freak. It was unreal. Anyway, so can um, I just say on that we watched it in this and mate, this Argentinian bar in Las Palmas. Yeah. Before we ate, and uh, shout out Dave who listens to this. He's one of the our crew. He was weirdly supporting Netherlands. So when the Netherlands scored that free kick, he got up and cheered. But we had all the chefs were Argentinian in this restaurant. And they were cooking our food at this time. Yeah, it's a bold move. Yeah, yeah. I was terrified. I had I went over to the kitchen and started picking up Messi and sort of like letting them know that I knew yeah. a lot. About what did us. you do? What did you do when Argentina scored? I cheered. Did you? Yeah. But you're not Argentinian. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, but also I want Argentinian. You're not, Argen- I, I'm, you're not Argentinian though. I, if, if apart there's from England, a du- there's probably I, a Dutch guy sitting like doing a podcast called the Wolfen. and he's talking to his mate about the fact that he went to some sort of restaurant and there was an English guy in there. <laughs> Who was supporting Argentina, even though he's not Dutch? Mate, I'm supporting Lionel Messi. That's who I'm supporting. Yeah, okay. I love Lionel Messi. I'd love to see him win the World Cup. Anyway, uh, the first thing that happened that was unacceptable was I was taking a piss, and a guy came up to me and like walked behind me and started asking for a photograph and having a chat with me. While why are you a piss? this is why I'm a cubicle guy now. While I, I have told my you dick about out. this. While I have my dick out. Why are you still fucking showing off around your urinals when you should be fucking? going to your cubicle to take your pisses. No, because people... No, but the problem with that is people then think you're going off to do a line or something, or then you get a knock on the door going, hey, Romish Rang and in there taking a shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's... <laughs> Mate, you... There's a, there comes a time, though, where you, can, you can't be your urinal guy. Yeah. Like, that's, it's happening to you now, man. Mm. You, like, you're, you're in the toilet and it's like you're peacocking and everyone's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> literally peacocking. No, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> You've uh, got to be like... That was the first situation. One of my mates said, do you want to let him uh, finish taking his piss before he does his photo with you? Is that like one of my... Was your mate there up? like watching over you or was he also... No, he piss? was also taking the piss, but oh, he sort of stepped in on my behalf. That's I didn't good. take a minder in with me. And, <laughs> <Not> um... just... <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner standing by your side. Anyway, at the end of the night, I did something that I, I very rarely do. And I'm going to say this now. I, for the last... I would say three years have been out of the post drink, get some food game. Right? Yeah. I, I, I always find it incredibly disappointing and you regret yeah. it the next day. So I'd rather just go to bed is the truth of it. Yeah. But on this particular night, one of my friends said, should we get some food? So we walked across to uh, this, this kebab place, walked past two girls that were having an absolute scrap of their lives. Went in to oh, get wow. some food. As I, was walk- as I was walking past a group of lads, one of them stands up and says, and I quote directly, I failed maths because of you, you fucking prick. Right? Oh, wow. At me. Wow. Some geez. of his mates stood up and sort of like started laughing. And then I said, what? And he said, I failed maths because of you, you fucking prick. Like proper, it was like Aggie. 
Like, really, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a fucking neat thing to it's say. A weird, it's a weird it's, slam, it's, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, but also it's a weird thing to be holding on to and yet yet be that aggressive. Because actually you think if you carry around that level of gr- aggression and hate, there's probably more reasons that you uh, you, you failed yeah, maths. Yeah, you know, who knows what, you know, failing maths, GCSE, what, who knows what that, what domino effect that has. Mate, if I, I failed all of my GCSEs. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I was to pick up, pick up every teacher, like, and I can, I can quite honestly say there's one person to blame for me failing all my GCSEs. And that's the guy sitting making this podcast. Yeah, and like, we know that when you and, we, and when you know we know that when you get drunk, he gets shouted at as, as well, doesn't he? Just you in the mirror. I've already stumbled over delivering. That. <laughs> you, you know, and it's so fucking right. I do when I get drunk, stare in the mirror, and just fucking. Yeah, slam but the way myself. I said that to you, we all we all know who. That was like that guy at the airport that can't. Yeah, we all know. We all know. We all know that he gets. He gets a. He gets a bit of a. He gets a bit of a. Uh, we all know that he gets a bit of a, a, a telling off Mate, on time to time, doesn't he? When I heard that guy complaining to the stewardess, I had to double take to make sure that you weren't on the plane. <laughs> Listen, uh, what's going on? Are we getting back to England tonight? Mate, I had that no. I had that once where like I was going out of a girl in sixth form. And like you know, like when you're a bit thirsty with your with your other half because you just can't yeah. believe that somebody's going out of you. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we were she had an argument with one of my mate's girlfriends. And like it was just weird. It was just before registration. The two of them ended up squaring up to each other, like having an argument. And my mate and me were sort of stood behind, like just watching. And so they started having an argument, sort of like, I can't remember what it was about or whatever. And then the girl I was with stormed off and I sort of followed her. And I just thought the whole thing was like mad. And then as we were walking off, she goes, thanks for your support, by the way. Like that sort of arsey with me because I hadn't stuck up for her. So then in my own tragic, desperate way, I decided I needed to do something about this. So I walked back. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) To my mate and his girlfriend. And because I didn't care and I didn't really, I wasn't really listening to what was going on, I just, I think I just went, I'm so angry with you. And then just walked off. It was so pathetic. Man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just a desperate attempt. Hope, and I, she wasn't even there, my girlfriend. So, like, I was hoping that somehow, get, oh my God, did you hear how Romesh absolutely yeah, yeah, spit flames on after what, Oh yeah, my yeah, God. He, he, he was so passionate. He must really left. love you. You should definitely. What did he say? He said he was angry about this. Yeah, you should definitely take his virginity. <laughs> King Neek. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is, I know that the boys are upset. Watching football with your family, what's a fucking, what, one of the great joys in life, I think. Just sitting there with the boys. Yeah. I know they were gutted when Kane missed the second penalty. But just watching... I don't know. Just watching Lisa and the kids and me watching football is great. It's lovely, man. Did you? um, Because I I, I mean, we talked about this, but and I, I I still believe that this team that there's a level up for this team. I think like this this England team. I think like you know the ages of them all. I think like you know Bellingham and everyone. Like how fucking good was Saka? Right? How fucking exciting is he to watch? I know you're an Arsenal fan, so it's like yeah, something you, you asking me about Declan Rice. Yeah. But fuck me, man. That kid, I love him. I think I think like I know everyone's raved about Bellingham and Foden and fair enough. But Saka gives you just so different. He, I love him. Yeah, you know, he's just and and I, as a person as well, that video of him asking for a picture of David Brain oh, Beckham. No, it's so sweet. You just mate, you just like he feels like you know when you just look at something, you just think, mate, you're just a credit to yeah. everyone who's brought you but up. But you know the 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 other thing is though, Jude Bellingham, I know as you said everyone's raving about him. Did you see him run straight over to Harry Kane after yeah. the set penalty? Mate, but that's what I love about this England team. That's yeah. what I love about it. And I'll tell you, shout out Harry Maguire for an amazing Mate, tournament. He, look, he... Let's just say this now, right? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my hands up now. I've put the boot in on Harry Maguire in the past. Yeah, right? it, yeah people have. He has had a, he's had a pretty good tournament, I would say, right? Well, and, to come, and to come in to play for England and deal with the level of hatred and abuse that guy's got, I don't know, man. Mentally, it's pretty impressive. Do you know what I mean? Because you oh, right, and he's, I, he's... I don't, I'm not criticising you and I. Mental health is a serious thing. Yeah. But if, if you and I get one or two negative comments, it's like a fucking oh, mate, day. Can you work, imagine? Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, uh... yeah, but he said the whole nation was like, oh, why is he playing? Why is he yeah. playing? And, yeah. and, and, and that's the other thing I don't get, right, is that, and like, yeah, I saw for some reason, 
even the mainstream media, like when Saka, when they were doing the, the the ratings of the game and stuff. Oh, mate, you got a lower score, didn't they? Mate, he's fucking. He was mate. He was insanely good. He was fucking. He ripped to get. He ripped apart one of the best left backs in. Not just one of the best left backs. Their centre backs were terrified yeah, of him. I know. The only way and I know that is you. You love him. Sort of. And I love Jordan Pickford, and you can never. Pickford's been incredible. I just look at Ramsdale on the bench, and what Ram, I just Ramsdale just excites me as a goalkeeper. I love what he's what he's about. I love him as his distribution's incredible. Watching for Arsenal this season, and this is nothing against Jordan Pickford because I think he's been amazing for, for England. But I just think Ramsdale could be the best goalkeeper in the world. I think if if things go well for him, I, I, I mean, look, I'm biased, so it's, I've, I'm almost loath to comment. But I love Aaron Ramsdale. But what I would say is. I do also love Jordan Pickford, and I like I, oh, yeah, I, I, do, I, right? I like the way you know, like there's I think there's it's unfortunate that it happened in, but just after Giroud, do you see Giroud when Giroud had that shot like eight yards out or whatever, and yeah, Pickford yeah. saved it, yeah, immediately got up and just started fucking <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man, I love it, and also there's a great clip of of him with Harry Kane when the cameras are coming over. Yeah, I will say this about Giroud as well, actually. That Giroud, when you watch it back, he was one of the few pe- French players who went over to England. Yeah, he did. He did. He's got. Him. He's, he's and, a classy bloke, isn't he? He's a class. And also, you know what? Harry Kane came in for a bit of a kick in, and for me, that's that's just not cool. I love Harry Kane. That team, I, 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 you'd have to struggle to to find someone that you didn't think. And 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 anyone who's got anything bad to say about Gareth Southgate, I think go fuck yourself. As someone who's Watched England for all of the time I have. I've had more joy from Gareth Southgate and the way he. And if if he steps down now, I think it'll be an awful, awful shame. And maybe well, look, the, yeah. the thing about Gareth Southgate because I obviously you see a lot of like of the fallout and a, a lot of people. I'm not going to say they they don't watch football regularly or they don't know, but like a lot of people going paid that about Harry Kane paid that amount of money and can't even get it on target shows such a lack of like understanding of the pressure and what he was trying to do. He, yeah. He, he, also, he, you've got to think he's probably taken 5,000 penalties against Hugo Lloris over yeah. the last eight years. So in his head, he's probably overthinking it. Here's the question, though. Do you think he should have taken the second penalty? Yeah, because if if I was, if you were going to put your, you know, with the exception probably of Ivan Tony playing professional football at the moment, if if I had a gun to my head and someone said, pick, a, pick someone to go and score a penalty to save your life, I'd, Harry Kane would be the guy for me. Yeah. You look how many times he's done it for England over the years. I know, I know. I know. It, could you imagine the insanity and the poor fucker? If if anyone else had taken that penalty and missed it, we'd have all been going, "What? Well, why is fucking Harry not taking it?" Yeah, that's just football. Yeah, and you know what? If I'm honest, this this World Cup, I just had no. I I I don't agree. I didn't agree with it from the start of it. Yeah, whatever. I, I found it really hard. It was you know, a lot and, of people. A lot of people I know, myself included. And I know this isn't enough, but just haven't been able to get into it in the same way. No, because I watched it with a group of really, you know, all of us love our football. And if I'm honest, when England lost, and and maybe that's this is age, and maybe it's just wow, actually, you know what? I, I will say is what I don't think we could have played any better. And people were saying about substitutions, but yeah, who do you taken off? Everyone was you know playing thing, well. The, you know the thing is about that, and I apologise to Wolf and our listeners that aren't football fans or whatever, but. The thing that I find mad about the criticism of Gareth Southgate, and look, I, I'm you could say that I'm biased because he's from Crawley or whatever, and we did like the Three Lions show or whatever. But the experience of supporting England has been completely revolutionised. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's all down to Gareth Southgate, but I would say he's got a lot to do with it. The, the way that England interact with the media now, they're not a closed shop anymore. The way that the experience is for those players playing for England, you look at that team, okay, whatever you want to say about how they performed against France, how they performed against the USA, whatever you want to say, the fact of the matter is they love playing for England in a way that in years gone by, we had a great crop of players who were playing in really difficult circumstances in terms of adversity, in terms of not enjoying being with the squad. Gareth Southgate made that a priority to turn that around, to make it enjoyable to be part of the England camp. And I, and I think people forget that. When they talk about his substitutions, they talk about him being cautious, about him picking his favourites or whatever criticisms they want to level. I think they forget about all the positive things. that They assume that any other manager that you'd bring in would have all of the things that Gareth Southgate does, plus. And that's just not how it works. Do you know what I mean? Well, so, so people, like, people slam him for being cautious. We, 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 we played France off the pitch. Yeah. We're far, far the better team. He, and like... If if we'd lost that game five nil and but played a bit more attacking but being terrible at the back, you look at that team. We were we were so unfortunate. they had three chances in that whole game, mm, mm. and they, they, they're, they're the French, you know, they're a great side. They're, that that yeah. that French team is as good an international team as you, you'll see. It's fucking an incredible. While, side. while we're talking about France, by the way, Griezmann, 
What a baller. Oh, mate. The whole of that side. Yeah. You look at them. Yeah, and you look at the players that they had they had left out, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. And like people going on about the USA game and, and whatever, you know, it's even people saying about Senegal being an easy game. Senegal, the African champion, people, yeah. you need to put respect on the fact that Senegal, a fucking strong side. Yeah. And we, we demolished them. So, you know, having been through the Hodgson years, fucking McLaren, having to watch the, some of the dross that we've had to and as an England fans, fans I, I look at it now and just think, yeah, man, it's it's... And the future, you look how exciting it's going to be. It's, yeah, it's a buzz, bro. It's Who are you supporting now? What, going into it? Yeah, in, in the, to win the cup. I'd like to see Morocco do it. Me too, I, just me think, too. I, think, I think a lot of people are saying that, aren't they? Yeah, I like Morocco, that. but there's also a part of me that if it's not Morocco, I'd, I'd like to see um, Messi for I just think, like, he, he's, he's, he's the goat for me. He's, he's an incredible, yeah. incredible player, and to see him lift the World Cup would be pretty special. Um yeah, I sort of, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be the Argentina and I don't know. I, it, I, I really can see Morocco beating the French. I just think Morocco are actually going to go into it and they're going to play really, 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 really. They're going to get behind the ball, aren't they? And wait mm. for, you know, and they've just got to say, they're a really good sub. Out in Spain, everyone, all the Spanish people that we were working with, they were calling Morocco really early on to potentially win it. Yeah. Like, you know, but even so the Spanish. So was uh, talking about it, wasn't he? He made it, yeah, yeah. he predicted them to go all the way, didn't he? Yeah. Anyway, look, sorry, guys, if, if that digression was uh, not to your taste. Uh, let's go into some emails. Thank you once again to The Swan for selecting the electronic mails for this week's episode. Probably only going to have time to do two or maybe three. Let's see. Wow. Uh, this comes from The Bald Bandicoot. Hi there, Wolf Allen Swan. I love the pod. It's a brilliant listen. You two are amazing people for doing what you do. My issue I have is that I shave my head and my partner, the hangry hamster, hates it. I personally don't like the hair rolling I have when it grows out, so I prefer to have it shaved off completely. The hangry hamster states I look like a lost a lost Mitchell brother, and I don't see that as a bad thing. What can I do to make her fall in love with the bald dog? Loving the pod and sharing your beautiful wisdom. Big love, the bald bandicoot. Tom. It's a harp on this because actually it's sort of, again, it's that, that air of relevance just because I've had to shave off my beard for the last, yeah, for filming, and it's fair to say that the cat isn't, particularly big fan of you look good I don't, I don't feel i feel i don't feel like myself with without a beard mm. i can't wait for it to even now a little stubble's back and i'm feeling good about that um number one i'm like as a bald man there's there's i daydream sometimes about having hair i genuinely sit and think oh man what would it be like just to, just when people talk about going to the barbers or having their hair cut and maybe like having a news like, oh, I'm going to have this done, or I might have this done. Like Hugo Hugo uh, was saying to me, texting me the other day, he was going for a fade, right? Like, you know, Sipa was getting his hair cut after the shoot. And I'm like, there's nothing I can do to me. Like, apart from what you've got in front of you and growing my beard back a bit, there's nothing I can do to change what I've got. Mm. I can't just like, you You can, there's times when I've seen your, you change up your hair and you've gone fucking like, you know, you went with that, you know, the, the higher top, the nice little curl vibe. Yeah. I loved it though. Yeah. I know, yeah, because you're changing shit up. So I'm going to say this, man. Maybe you say there's nothing you can do with your hair and you don't like it, but maybe give it a little trial, grow it out, see if there's any, you know, treat yourself a little trip down to a really like good barbers who might be able to give you some advice. Life is long as a bald person. It's it's a long, it's the, the long cold days looking in the mirror, just thinking about what used to be a great, a, a great population on top of your head. So, Maybe grow them back because as a poor person, man, every time I see someone just shaves their head off, I think, why? By God, why? Romsky. I uh, am going to say that I uh, I slightly disagree with Tom on this one. I mean, I don't disagree with him in terms of, uh, I think you should uh, get going to a decent barber's and, you know, that's something I did, like trying to get a proper haircut or whatever. If your money allows, then it's a cool thing to do. Even just once to get an idea of how you might have your hair, then you can go somewhere cheaper and sort of replicate that. Um, but what I would say is this, if you're more confident with your bald head, then that immediately makes you more attractive. And I think your other half has to sort of get used to it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if that's what you want and that's what makes you feel sexy, attractive, more confident, 
that's more important than the aesthetics of a hairstyle. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, I think people are more attractive when they're comfortable in their own skin. We've all seen it. There are certain people that you wouldn't say are on paper attractive people, but because of the way they carry themselves, the confidence they have, the swagger they bring, they have a level of attractiveness to them. And that is because they're comfortable in how they look. They've made choices about what they do and, and, they're, and they're happy with that. That is what you're saying happens when you shave your hair off completely because you don't like having this little hair island. So what I would say is, uh, Bald Bandicoot, the problem does not lie with you. I would argue that the problem lies with the hangry hamster. And the hangry hamster has to get used to the fact that the bald bandicoot loves being bald. And the bald bandicoot has more confidence when the bald bandicoot's bald. He has a swagger about him. He feels more comfortable about him. What do you want? The timid bandicoot with the hair island? No, thank you. I want the fucking proud bald bandicoot, chest puffed out, taking each day like he's going to smash it to fucking pieces because he's a goddamn legend, because he's proud of that cranium glistening in the light as he moves on to another success in his life. So there you hold, go. Hold him tight. Hold him tight, Tiny Dancer. Hold him. Hangry Hamster, hold him tight. Hug him because you've got yourself a keeper. You know, you know, uh, when we're talking about lack of confidence and stuff and things, mm. that, you know what I'm really, I need to, I need to get Invisalign on my bottom teeth. For reals? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, I, I need to know if there's anyone out there, like what is, because I've started, I've got, I went to a bit of a rabbit hole looking at places. How did you pick who you went Invisalign with? You just... Well, I chose the dentist that deals with people with, um, you, oh, know, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know my story. Because yeah, yeah. got... that's the thing, I was looking, I want to get somewhere good in London that I can get Invisalign done. And I'm just like... Well, I can thoroughly recommend the gentle dentist. Where's, where are they based? Covent Garden. Covent Garden. Oh, in Covent Garden? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go and see him because your teeth look banging now, boy. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Yes, thanks, yes. How long did it take you to get yours done? The Invisalign was about... Uh, well, it depends on... Like two months, something like that. But is that all it was? Yeah, gonna, but it depends. Gonna... If it's really bad, it's like six. I'm not saying yours. Can you email bad. him for me and just say that I'm I'm going to recommend my friend to you, and then I'll go. I and... can I can email her. Oh, her. Sorry. Yeah. I think women oh, can be, women can be dentists too, mate. <laughs> my dentist is a woman. It's 2022. Just... Yeah. I really thought it's a man. Why? You... Yeah. So, yeah. Women have been allowed to be dentists since 2020. Tom, get with the times. Um. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, hook me up, right? Hook me up. Just do yeah, like a little okay. thing. Just, yeah, hook you up. Yeah, 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 they'll probably charge you a bit extra. This is from the herbivorous herbivorous fox. Uh, says, hi, Rom, Tom, Swan, Cat and Co. Absolutely love your work. And Spotify tells me I spent over 2,000 hours with you guys in my years this year. So thank oh, you for shit, you bet. That can't be right. 2,000 hours, yeah. That can't be right. Wait, did you see someone who listened to something like Tom, ridiculous? Tom, Tom. Tom, two thousand hours. That is insane, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's right. Yeah, no, no. People have not two thousand hours. How many hours in a year? I've got no idea. There's twenty four hours in a day. Times. So let's make it. Let's make that twenty. You spent over a hundred days. It can't be right. Hundred days of listening to the podcast. No, no. So hold up. So hold up. Twenty four hours in a day. Three hundred sixty four days in a year. Equals, oh yeah, 8,736 hours in a year. <laughs> so he, for a third of the year, he's been listening to us. Can't be right. That can't be right. Um, okay. I'd love some of your... Tra- shout him out anyway. Uh, I'd love some of your trademark solid advice, please. My first bit of advice, check your stats properly. I've been married for 12 years and have two lovely kids. We have forever struggled financially. We don't live a lavish life. We rent and tighten those purse strings whenever we can. My husband and I work hard. I retrained as a mature student to be an osteopath. No weird cults, promise. But even so, I still often have to lean on my parents for financial help. No shame in that. Most recently, my parents had to rescue us for money right on top of Christmas because my car had parts stolen for fucking hell. There have been other things too as a graduation gift. My parents bought me a car and took us on a holiday. My parents are some of the genuinely most wonderful people you could meet. They're not rich, but they're comfortable enough and in their words, wouldn't offer they couldn't comfortably. I can't help but think my parents needed less help from their parents when I was a child. And honestly, I don't know how I can ever repay them. Often they don't ask for the loans back even when we try and hand them the cash. Beyond saying I'll wipe your bum when you're old, I don't know what I can possibly do to show I'm really, A, I'm really doing my best and try not to take the piss, and B, show how grateful I am that I have them, not just financially, but emotionally. They help with the kids so I can work, etc. And I'm probably in a very lucky minority. My husband doesn't have a relationship with his parents that I do, and the whole thing makes me feel quite uncomfortable. I don't take it for granted. I just don't know how I can show. Of course, uh, I help them with their backs and breathing when they need it. Any thoughts on what's your perspective on helping out your adult kids financially when the time comes? Keep doing you. 
to the max herbivorous herbivorous fox. Yo, herbivorous. I was going to be foxy. Um, uh, listen, uh, my parents uh, were incredible. Like when I moved into making a change and and sort of you know moving into this the, the job that I do now, they were incredibly supportive. They, I think they were like they were happy that I I was doing something number one that I wanted to do. But I was I I think they they could see that you know I I myself was was, was fulfilling myself as a human being and like like your my, my parents aren't rich you know they're they're comfortable but they, again they don't have lavish holidays they're they're pretty um yeah they're, but they're amazing I, I I think now as as a father it's sort of like you know that's that's the most amazing thing to be able to give back right is is to sort of you know there's sort of no money or anything that, that just giving that support and and being there for for your children is, is just everything. And I think, yeah, I feel very blessed. And, and like, like you, um, not to get too into it, but Catherine doesn't have that, that support from her parents. So it's a, yeah, it's a hard thing when you, when you, or you have that and you think, oh, how can I give something back to them? And yeah, but I think you do give something back to them. I think you give something back to them every time they, they see you accomplishing something. And every time they see you growing as a person, I think that's, that's, that's them getting back the thing that they're, that they're probably the most proud of in the world, and that pride that they see you retraining, getting a new job, you, you finding your, who you are. I think that's the thing that every parent wants more than anything else is, is to get that. Um, yeah, is to get that 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 back. You know, it, and it's like you know, I I see it sort of. Well, I literally am seeing it now because Grace is just waking up, so I'm gonna have to go and get oh. her in a minute. Um, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll hand on heart say. The last ten days, not seeing Grace and knowing now that she's in that place where she started standing and walking, it's been the hardest thing. And those little, tiny things that she's doing day in day out, you know, the thought of years to come when she's accomplishing bigger goals and she's she's growing as a human being, and, and which she said you, you're doing every day. I think that's the thing that there's, there's no money that can buy that to see your child, you know, becoming a well-rounded human being. I think yeah, you sound like you are. So shout out you and shout out your parents. And and your your man and your kids have an amazing Christmas. Big love to you, Foxy. Hey, Foxy. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think. I agree very much with Tom. I've got three boys, as you know. You might not know. I don't know. But um, what I would say is is that one of the reasons I work, and I think the same for this, for Tom, is that I can help those boys out with whatever they need, and so. The idea that they would come to me and they'd need something and I'd be able to help them is a dream come true. And that's, I imagine, the situation for your parents. Your parents are in the wonderfully, and it is a privileged, but I don't mean that as an insult, it's a privileged situation of being able to help their daughter. And I think that's a wonderful place to be. And if my kids ever need anything, for as long as I can, I'll help them as much as I can. And obviously, you know, with that comes the caveat that you want to make sure they're making the right decisions. Not that I'm in control of their decisions, but, you know, I wouldn't want to give the money for bullshit. But, you know, if they need something or they deserve a holiday or whatever and they can't afford it, yeah, of course I would do that. If I'm in the position to do that, I would do that. And I would happily do that. And I'd never expect the money back. But equally, I understand why you feel like how you do. And obviously it's difficult for your other half because he's not related by blood. So it makes you feel a little bit more uh complicated but um the truth of the matter is your parents are getting something from this and that thing that they're getting is being able to help out the daughter they love so much in her life and so i wouldn't take that for granted you know as long as you're not sort of taking the piss and seeing them as a well that you can keep going to over and over again um i think it's absolutely fine and i think it shows how sweet you are that you worry about it but the truth of the matter is i promise you they're getting something from this as well you you work hard you've got a tough life you retrain, which is a really hard thing to do. Give yourself some credit, man. You're doing the best you can. And uh, don't be so hard on yourself. As Tom said, I hope you have an amazing Christmas. Uh, and please don't feel bad about this anymore. Okay? Best of luck to you. Yo, yo, yo. Okay, Tommy D. It's about that time. Can you do the honours? Take us out this sweet, sweet thing. Yo. I want to shout out to the Hollybush. I don't know if you know too much about our friend, but this time of year it becomes more relevant than ever. That spiky leaves, rascal you see lurking about. But the truth of the matter is, the reason that the holly leaf became so sharp was protecting, protecting the leaves above. 
when deer and other animals would come along and try just to eat the holly bush and rip it to shreds, it started becoming sharper and sharper down the bottom. But its upper leaves uh, are well-rounded and they're beautiful and they're lovely to stroke and touch. And that's maybe what life's about. Life sometimes is becoming a little sharp around the edges when you have to be, just to protect yourself and protect the ones that you love around you. But always remembering what you're doing it for. You're doing it for the leaves that need protecting, protecting from the exterior and those who come to cause harm. Hold those loved ones close, hold yourself close. And sometimes, although it's nice to have a sharper edge, it's a great thing to put your arm around a softer edge and say, hello, friend. It's great to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard to do that one because all I can see in my peripheral vision is Grace is just literally waking up. Uh, Okay, well, look, we better let Tom get to Grace. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening. I've got that bottle of presents now. Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon um, listen we're going to take you out with a little bit of TI featuring Rihanna Ooh. live your life little uplifting tune for you uh, we will see you next week uh, take care of yourselves and each other bye bye you're perfect Haters say ignore them till they fade away Amazing they are great But after all the game I gave away Safe to say I paved the way For you cats to get paid today You'd still be wasting days away Now had I never saved the day Consider them my protege How much I think they should pay Instead of being gracious They violate in a major way I never been a hater Still I love them in a crazy way Some say they sold the yay And know they couldn't get work on Labor Day If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.